Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, and the time is 7 p.m. And you are tuned into the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this brief period of time in eternity, in comparison to eternity, when we come together, those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved sons and daughters, or maybe backslidden sons and daughters, whether they're teenagers or adults. And every week at this same time, we come together for mutual edification, prayer, petition, supplication, and intercession on behalf of our unsaved sons and daughters. This is a live podcast, and we invite your participation in it. We invite you to chime in. If you're listening on the Podbean app, there is a phone icon at the bottom of your screen, or there should be one there, and you can click on it during our podcast. Maybe you'd like to share an insight. Maybe you'd like to share a scripture. Maybe there's a testimony you'd like to share. The Lord is moving in the life of your unsaved sons and daughters. You see the movement of the Holy Spirit with regards to their deliverance and salvation. Something you have to say, something you have to share. Maybe you'd like to chime in and you have a prayer request. You have an unsaved son or daughter that you want us to bring before the throne of grace. All you have to do is call in, or you can type it in, message it in, and we will see it on our screen. And when the time for prayer comes, when we come before the throne of grace and pray for the prayer requests that we will be bringing before the Lord, we will pray for your unsaved son and daughter. You know, we take it for granted that the sun is up. It's a beautiful day. And things are continuing business as usual. But as it was in the days of Noah, so it is today. The next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture of the church. I say it at every podcast, and it bears repeating constantly. The next event that's going to take place prophetically is an event in the Word of God, in the book of Thessalonians, known as the rapture. It's when our Lord Christ returns to earth and snatches away all those who have trusted in him for their salvation, repented of their sins, and surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and living lives that are dedicated, committed, and consecrated unto him. The Word of God says that the dead in Christ, those who have died in the faith, will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds in the air to meet the Lord. The Word of God calls this a blessed hope for those of us who are born again. And the Lord will remove all of us who have trusted in Him, the dead first and then we who are alive. It could happen tonight. It could happen before this podcast is over. In the twinkling of an eye, it will occur. 
And although it's a blessed hope for those of us who have trusted in Christ, it is an ominous event for those who have not surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ because immediately following the rapture, there will be complete chaos and turmoil throughout the world at the disappearance of millions and millions of people. It sounds incredible, and many people don't believe it's going to happen, but it is going to happen. The Word of God says it is, and the Word of God is truth. Once this occurs, the Word of God says that there will be a period of time known as the Great Tribulation, when God's judgments will be on a rebellious and unrepentant world. You and I do not want our prodigals to be left behind for this horrible, horrible time of judgment. All you need to do is open up the book of Revelation, and it mentions the judgments that will be poured out on this world, horrible things, diseases, never-before-seen earthquakes and pestilences, the moon being turned blood-red, stars falling from the sky, pestilences, evil running more rampant than it ever has been. It's going to be a horrible period of time of judgment. And again, we don't want our sons and daughters to be left behind. And so we pray, we fast, we intercede, we petition for the salvation, the deliverance and salvation of our sons and daughters who have never trusted in Jesus Christ or maybe perhaps have wandered from the faith for whatever reason. You know, there are many distractions these days for people who have never accepted Christ. Maybe there are many people, maybe your prodigal sons and daughters believe there's plenty of time to get saved. They're in good health. Things may be going well. Again, the sun is shining. The holidays are coming soon. And judgment is the last thing that anyone expects. But it is going to happen. You know, a local radio, actually a local news station, CNN, did a report, an ungodly report, talking about rapture anxiety, saying that the discussion and the depiction of the rapture, as displayed in movies and in sermons and in books, is causing undue and unnecessary anxiety among many people and is detrimental. There are even some pastors, I know of one particular pastor, who says that prophecy is not his thing, and that talking about the rapture is counterproductive for Christians. These are lies from the very pit of hell, deceptions, doctrines of demons. The Word of God says that the rapture is going to occur. It's in the book of Thessalonians. And we need to pay heed to it and be ready for it. For those who are born again, like I said before, it is a blessed hope. But for those who are unsaved, once the rapture occurs, many of our prodigal sons and daughters who have heard of it, heard of us speaking about it, maybe 
your prodigal son and daughter has seen the movies, the Left Behind series, or heard sermons about it, or read the track about it, the rapture. It seems like a fairy tale, something like a scary thing that is exciting, but when it actually occurs, when they see that their loved ones are gone, they're going to know this was true. It actually happened. And it is too late. Back in the 1970s, there was a Christian song entitled, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. When the rapture occurs, many people are going to wish that they were ready and they had surrendered their lives to Christ. And so that is the purpose of this podcast, the burden that you and I feel for our unsaved sons and daughters that they do not get left behind. If not the rapture, the word of God says that it is appointed once unto men to die, and after this, the judgment. People who are unsaved, who have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, will face the Lord Jesus Christ in judgment for their refusal to turn to him for salvation. Many people have turned to alternative religions, crystals, Wicca, Eastern beliefs, but the word of God says there is no other name under heaven by which we must be and can be saved. Only trusting in Jesus Christ is the way for salvation. Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And that's what this podcast is all about. At this time, we want to welcome a variety of listeners in several localities. We want to welcome listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Massachusetts. We have listeners in Connecticut, Idaho, and Georgia, listeners in Alabama. We have listeners in Maryland, Tennessee. Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, and Louisiana, New Hampshire, the great state of Oregon and Washington, Rhode Island and Indiana, South Carolina and Arizona. We have listeners in Michigan, Iowa, and New Mexico. Internationally, we have many people tuning in from Mexico. Canada and Australia, France and Uganda, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Bosnia-Herzegovina, and the Philippines. Now, we are live on the east coast of the United States at 7 p.m. every Thursday, but there are many locations due to time differences when people will be downloading this. It's my understanding that it's 7-11 right now here in the east coast of the United States of New York but it is 7.11 a.m. in the Philippines. So unless they're awake listening to this podcast live, and we praise God if you are, they may be downloading this podcast to listen at a later time. Not everybody who hears this podcast is listening live, but the Spirit of God can move just as easily through a downloaded podcast as he can through a live podcast. And so, that being said, Join me right now for a word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time when we can come together, share your word, share insights, share burdens, share prayers, and lift up our unsaved and prodigal and wayward sons and daughters who have never placed their faith in you. Or maybe they have and they have wandered from the faith, Lord God. And so we commit and dedicate this time to you, a time of ironing, sharpening iron in mutual edification and encouragement. Let your Holy Spirit permeate and take over what's shared here tonight. Bless every listener, Lord. We commit this time into your hands, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The title of tonight's devotional is Trusting God with Your Prodigals When You Don't Trust God. Again, Trusting God with Your Prodigals When You Don't Trust God. And I'm going to be reading from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. A lengthy text, but it bears reading considering our topic. And I'm going to give you a moment to find that scripture text in your Bibles. We're going to be reading for a change in the New Living Translation of the Holy Scriptures. Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, from the New Living Translation of God's Word. You know, in our minds, we know that we should trust God. We tell others to trust God. In church, we sing songs about trusting God. But when we look at our circumstances with our prodigal sons and daughters, when we see how deeply embedded they are in drugs, alcohol, alternative and illicit lifestyles, or cynical, angry, bitter or hostile towards the gospel, the situation and circumstances appear to tell us that God can't be trusted for their deliverance and salvation. I myself have been in that situation and have felt this way on many occasions. Well, there is a man in the Old Testament named Habakkuk who went through this situation of doubt regarding God's attentiveness, care, and attention. In the opening passages in that Old Testament book of the same name, we read that Habakkuk was a prophet. This clearly tells us that no matter who you are, a prophet, a pastor, or a pew member. Trusting God sometimes can be a struggle and a challenge, depending on what kind of situation you may be facing. A brief look at the context of the situation Habakkuk was facing sets the stage for the challenges Habakkuk confronted to his faith. So let's read chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. And I'll be reading this evening from the New Living Translation of God's Word. Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2 through 12, rather. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry. But you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. 
The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. The Lord replied, Look around at the nations, look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. I am raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty. Do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away. Like eagles, they swoop down to devour their prey. On they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone. But they are deeply guilty, for their own strength is their God. O Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. We're going to end there. You know, this is the situation Habakkuk lived in. No justice. The wicked and ungodly continued in their ways and apparently getting away with it. Nothing changing, nothing improving, but instead getting progressively worse by the day. And despite Habakkuk crying out in frustration and complaint, God didn't appear to be listening. And that was Habakkuk's first complaint, which sometimes is our complaint when praying for our prodigal sons and daughters without seeing any change. Complaint number one, God, you're not listening to me. Now notice what we see in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. You know, there are many times when interceding and petitioning for our prodigals, when we may feel like our prayers aren't even making it past the ceiling. And it may seem like no matter how much we're crying out to God for our prodigals, that God isn't listening. However, when we look at verse 5, we see the text turn around and say, the Lord replied, which conveys the message that God does hear and he is listening to us even if he doesn't answer us right away or when we want. Now Habakkuk's second point of frustration is found in verse 2, complaint number 2, where Habakkuk basically tells God, okay God, maybe you are listening, but God, you're not doing anything about the situation. Here's the second part of verse 2. Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. There are many times when all of us, I'm sure, have felt this way. Yes, we may be praying and fasting for our prodigal and wayward sons and daughters, and yes, we may even believe that God is listening. But as I've said earlier, when their behavior is becoming more rampant, when the behavior of our prodigals intensifies, they seem to become more resistant than ever towards the gospel. It can appear that God either doesn't want to do anything, is taking his time intervening, 
or perhaps the enemy or our own flesh is telling us that God doesn't care or maybe even isn't able to do anything, that our prodigals and their situation is beyond remedy. Well, verse 5 and 6 have an answer for that. Our text in Habakkuk says, At the Lord replied, For I am doing something in your own day. I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. God then goes on to give Habakkuk a small sneak peek into what he was going to do. God said that he was going to raise up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people, basically telling Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I am doing something. However, Habakkuk doesn't like God's plan, and with God using the ungodly Babylonians as an instrument to deal with Israel's rebellion. And this leads to Habakkuk's third complaint, which I'm sure many of us have echoed. And it's this, God, I don't like what you're doing or how you're handling this situation. Why are you handling it this way? Habakkuk says in verse 12, O Lord, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. Habakkuk is not in agreement with God's plan and method of handling the situation. And this same thing can happen to you and I when it comes to trusting God with the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters. We may say that we're handing over our prodigal sons and daughters over to the Lord, but what if God's plan to bring them to the foot of the cross involves a health crisis or an accident or some other event that God may use to break a stronghold of strong self-will and hardness of heart? All of us, you and I, as difficult as it may be, need to trust the plan and process that God uses to answer our prayers and to accomplish His will. And so, how do you and I trust God with our prodigals when the circumstances and situation tempt us to believe that God can't be trusted? Well, number one, know and believe that God does see the situation and that He's listening to and does hear our prayers. Our prayers for our prodigal sons and daughters are being listened to by the Lord. He is attentive. It may not feel that way, but God is listening. Number two, know and believe that he is definitely and always working behind the scenes. You know, I often mention there is that song that says, even when we can't see it, he's working. Even when we can't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. We may not see anything happening at the moment, but we need to believe and know that God, again, is definitely and always working behind the scenes for the deliverance and salvation of our prodigals. And third, know that there may be things about God's method and timing to accomplish things that we may not understand and still make up our minds that we're going to trust him with the salvation of our prodigals. Our prodigals are in God's hands. They are in good hands, and he will bring it to pass. Join me in a word of prayer following this devotion.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word that was shared, Lord God, and I pray that it was a blessing to whoever was listening now live or will hear this through a download. And Lord, help us to place our complete trust in you, Lord God, when we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, Lord. The enemy of our souls and even our flesh, our own minds may tell us that you don't care, you're not listening, or that you're not attentive, or that you're busy, too busy to hear our prayers. Lord, that's a lie from the enemy. Help us to truly trust and believe that you are listening to us, Lord God. Our flesh will lie to us. Our senses will lie to us. And most of all, the enemy, the father of lies, will lie to us and try to convince us that you are not faithful, that you are not loving, and you are not caring. We know that is a lie, and we rebuke it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you help us all to trust and believe that you are attentive and listening. And help us always to believe and know that you are working behind the scenes, not to trust what we're seeing, but to trust in you, Lord God. You're working. We may not feel it. We may not see it. But our trust is in you, Lord God, not in our emotions, not in the circumstances, not in the situation, and not paying attention to how things look. Help us to trust in you, Lord God. You are working. And most of all, Lord, help us to trust in your method and your timing. You have the perfect way, the perfect method, and the perfect timing to accomplish your purposes, Lord God. We trust you. Help us to trust you when it's difficult to trust you, Lord God. When our prodigal's behavior intensifies, when it seems that they're more stubborn and more resistant than ever. Help us to ignore these things, to trust you, to believe in you, and to place them in your hands, Lord God. Strengthen our faith when it's weak. Encourage us when we're feeling down. We commit all these things in Jesus' name, Lord. We pray, we thank you. Amen and amen. Well, we've reached practically the halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. It's at this time when we play two musical numbers, which I pray will be edifying and an encouragement to you. And so we're going to take a break right now. And when we return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, we'll be sharing some more insights, and then we will enter the time of prayer supplication petition on behalf of several prayer requests that we have received you know many of these requests are repeat requests and we need to continue to persevere in prayer you know whenever someone turns to christ whenever we pray ground that is taken in prayer must be held by prayer there will always be a counterattack from the enemy there is no way that the enemy is going to allow someone who is coming to Christ, someone who is getting encouraged, he will always try to counterattack and recapture ground that he has lost, that has been obtained through prayer and fasting. And so we have to continue. We can't just pray once 
and then just say, okay, I prayed about it. Now I'm going to go about my merry way. We have to continue steadfast in prayer. I always say this at the end of the podcast. We have to remain steadfast in prayer, being watchful therein. Always praying. The word of God says men always ought to pray and not to faint. We need to be persistent in our prayers. Prayer is also warfare. It isn't just asking God for things. It's warfare. I've heard it said that the enemy, the devil, doesn't mind if you're reading God's word and he doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't have a problem with you listening to Christian music or even maybe even singing it. The enemy doesn't have a problem with you reading a devotional book like Our Daily Bread. But the one thing that the enemy does fear, he doesn't even fear you fellowshipping with other believers and having coffee and cake and just talking to another believer, mutual encouragement. But the one thing, the very one thing that Satan fears the most is the praying believer, the believer who falls on his knees and intercedes, petition and intercession on behalf of others and himself. The praying Christian, that is what Satan fears the most. He will do anything he can to interfere with your prayer life, my prayer life. Maybe try to convince us that God isn't listening like I've mentioned. Or prayer is a waste of time. How about this one? Many religions pray you're no different from any other religion. God hears all prayers. There's nothing special about yours. The devil is a liar. He is the father of all lies. The word of God says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy wants to do with your prayer life. We can't let the enemy do that. And so when we return from our musical interlude, we will be entering a time of prayer for the requests that we have. We'll bring them before the Lord, petitioning and supplication and intercession rebuking the forces of darkness, laying claim to the promise, and claiming the victory. And so we'll break into this musical interlude, and we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Be blessed. Sweet the sound 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Above his name there is no other name The one who is eternally the same There is no other name The first and last beginning and the end He was the king who made the common man his friend there is no other name Let every tongue proclaim and sing the name of Jesus Magnify and praise the name of Jesus No
Well, I pray you were blessed by those two musical numbers. There is no other name given among men by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. You know, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of God's Word, says this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. The Word of God says that in the last days that people are going to turn with itching ears will want to listen to anything except the gospel. They'll want to hear anything that is not negative but promises that good times are ahead. You know, many of the Old Testament prophets like Jeremiah or Isaiah faced tremendous danger because they foretold events regarding judgment unless the people repented of their sins. There were many false prophets that were popular among the people because they predicted good times, that judgment was not going to come, and that things were not that bad. That's the way it is today. Many people don't want to hear about the rapture or judgment. The very idea of confessing sin, admitting sinfulness, and surrendering your life to Christ is unpopular. There are many magazines that are out today with names like me, self, I, mine. The focus these days is on the self, glorifying the flesh, self-empowerment, self-glorification. And prophets and preachers and teachers that lift up mankind, maybe even say, we don't need God. We have the ability within ourselves to make this a better world. But the word of God says differently. There is a time of judgment coming. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will remain and stand forever. And so, we need to continue and pray and fast for our prodigals because I do not believe we are in the last days. I believe we are in the last seconds, the last moments. And the rapture, like I've said before, can happen tonight. We want our prodigals to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to be salt and light to them living the gospel by the Holy Spirit before them. And so, we're going to enter a time of prayer. There is still time to get your prayer request in. If you like, you can type it in. We will see it on our screen. But we are going to enter a time of prayer right now. If you wish to share anything, a testimony, or anything at all, there was still time before our podcast concludes. We've gone many times past the 8 o'clock mark. We're not looking at the clock. 
And so join me as we come before the throne of grace for the requests that we have before the Lord. Our first request, as always, we pray for two young men, both of them by the name of Joshua. Now, one of these young men named Joshua, well, both of them actually were struggling with substance abuse. One of them came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. However, the enemy is working overtime to lure him back into the world. And so we're going to lift up this Joshua before the Lord, his perseverance in the faith, and that he remains strong. The second Joshua is a young man that, in my understanding, he has not accepted Christ, but he also is still struggling with addiction, the lie of addiction, the lie of the enemy that says you need chemicals to cope with life. You need to get high. We're going to pray for both these young men named Joshua right now. Touch and agree with me. Heavenly Father, we just touch and agree right now for this first young man named Joshua, Lord. We thank you for his salvation. We thank you, Lord, that his parents were praying for him, and it didn't seem like he would surrender his life to you. He was involved with drugs and other things, and you brought him to the end of himself, convicted him of his sin, and of his need for a savior who did what was necessary to break the stubborn self-will and the bitterness and the resistance. And now he is your child. His name is written in the book of life, Lord. But the enemy is forever busy, and we just pray for Joshua's perseverance in the faith. Fill him with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Baptize him in the Holy Spirit. Give him an upper room experience so that he lives fiercely on fire for you, Lord God. Help him to crucify his flesh, Lord God, the flesh which is trying to lure him back into patterns of behavior. We lift Joshua up before you. We bring him before you, Lord. Preserve him. Keep him. Strengthen him. Guard him. Protect him. We commit him into your hands in Jesus' name, Lord. We ask that you make him Joshua. Make him a warrior like Joshua. Strong, meditating on your word, that your word will not depart from his mouth, but have him meditated on it therein, day and night, so that he is prosperous and successful in living for you. We also pray for this other young man named Joshua, Lord, and you know where he is right now. We don't know what he's doing and what his status is, Lord, but you see the situation, and we pray, Lord, that you help him with the demonic stronghold of addiction, the enemy lying to him and telling him that he needs drugs, he needs narcotics, that he is dependent on them to cope with life. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace, and he can find peace through you, Lord God, not in a bottle, not in a syringe, not in a powder. And we rebuke the forces of darkness which are lying to him right now and telling him that he needs to get high. We plead your blood, Lord Jesus, over Joshua. It can be instantaneous or it can be a process, Lord. We trust you to do what's necessary when you are working, Lord God. We trust in your timing. We trust in your timing, Lord God. You'll bring it to pass in your time, Lord. 
You make all things wonderful in your time, like the song says. We just trust you with the method. We trust you with Joshua. We trust that you'll bring him to the foot of the cross and save his soul. Deliver him, Lord God, from addiction. We thank you. We praise you. The work is done. We're waiting for the praise report, which we know will come to pass. Amen. Every week we wait for these three young ladies. A young lady by the name of Gabby, one named Angela, and one named Valentina. And these three young ladies have parents who love them and are concerned for them and are believers. It's my understanding that these three young ladies struggle with a variety of issues. Maybe some of these issues may have to do with depression or an emotional issue. Maybe a certain lifestyle. Maybe resistance or stubbornness towards the things of God. Anger and hostility. The enemy is whispering in their ears that they don't need the gospel. They don't need Christ. Live their lives the way they want. We're going to lift up these three young ladies, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina before the Lord. Touch and agree with me. Father, we have prayed for these three young ladies many times, and we lift them up to you again, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. And Lord, you know all the details. You know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, who they're with, what they're doing, what they're involved with. You know if their hearts are hardened. You know if they're bitter, if they're hurt, if they're angry, if they're stubborn, if they're cynical. If they're ridiculing the things of God, no matter what it is, Lord, deal with it, Heavenly Father. If necessary, break the stubborn self-will. Their souls are at stake right now, Lord God. The rapture could take place or an untimely death. Nothing is more important than the salvation of their souls. So, Lord, we entrust these three young ladies into your hands. Do what is necessary. so that they surrender their lives to you, Lord God. Not our will, but yours be done, Father. Deliver them from whatever is holding them in bondage, no matter what it is, Lord God. It could be peer pressure. It could be a certain illicit lifestyle. It could be drugs or alcohol. Maybe there is hardness of heart. Soften the hardened heart, Lord God. Let the gospel get to these three young ladies it may be through a Christian song, maybe a movie, maybe a friend who witnesses to them. And yes, Lord, even like our devotional says, you may need to bring about a crisis, a situation that will break the stubborn self-will of these three young girls. Do what's necessary, Lord. We entrust them, all three of them, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, into your hands. Their, their eternity is at stake. We rebuke the forces of darkness. We rebuke the enemy. In Jesus' name, we command the enemy to take his hands off these three young ladies. A battle is going on between satanic and heavenly forces, angels and demons. We claim victory on the side of the angelic host, pleading the blood of Christ over these three young ladies, praying, trusting, believing and thanking you for their deliverance and salvation in jesus name lord we pray amen every week we pray for our dear sister china and china is the beautiful daughter 
of my brother Jamie and sister India. And a while back, China accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I remember the day that I received a text message from my dear brother Jamie telling me that China had surrendered her life to Christ. For the longest, Brother Jamie and Sister India had been praying, fasting and petitioning, agonizing for salvation. The Lord works out all things. He does all things well. And I received that text message. I was driving in my municipality of Monticello when I received a text message from my brother Jamie telling me that his daughter had surrendered his life to Christ, that she had, she had surrendered. And I had the power. There was no way a text message was going to suffice. I pulled over and I called him. And he told me over the phone, very emotional phone call, how his daughter, China, had finally surrendered her life to Jesus Christ and was born again. Her name is written in the book of life, rejoicing among the angels for her salvation. However, and I know that she is doing well, the praise report is that she is progressing in the faith and God is blessing and using her. But you and I both know, as I said it before, that ground that is taken in prayer must be held by prayer. And the enemy will launch a counterattack to try to regain that ground. He's not going to allow this to go unaddressed. At this time, we enter not just into prayer and petition, but warfare on behalf of China. Touch and agree with me. Lord, there's a battle going on right now. And the battle is for China's soul. She has your child. She has surrendered her life to you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for hearing this prayer, the prayer of my dear brother and sister, the prayer of many for the lady. And now you have saved her, convicted her of her sin, and she has surrendered her life to you. But right now, we pray, Lord God, that she continue to bear fruit, spiritual fruit in her life. Lord God, fill her with your Holy Spirit. Give her also an upper room experience. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall on her, filling her, Lord, enduing her with power. Your word says that you will receive power when the Holy Ghost falls upon you. Let your Holy Spirit fall upon China. Endue her with power, power to live holy, power to serve, power to submit. Power to surrender, power to witness, power to pray, power to worship, power to live for you, power to take a stand for you, power to take a stand against the enemy, power to resist temptation, power, Lord God, the power of the Holy Spirit, dunamis, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to change, transform. And enable, Lord God, give grace to this young lady. Strengthen China. Make her into the woman of God that she is already not right now and continue to work in her life. You have a work for her to do. I thank you and praise you for the changes that you're bringing about in her life, Lord God. We have the praise reports. I know the information. 
We thank you for what's going on in China's life. Put a hedge of protection, a battalion, a regiment, a brigade of angels around China. Protect her from the evil one. Stekos, help China to stand firm in the faith, holding her ground. Surrender is not an option. Strengthen China's faith. Strengthen her in all ways, Lord God. We commit her into your hands, Father. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I will say this boldly, Brother Jamie, if you're listening, I believe you are. I look forward to the day when I will meet her again if she comes to our local area. I praise God for her, and I praise God for you, Brother Jamie and Sister India. Godly parents, praying parents, that's the key. Prayer is the key. It is the thing that the enemy fears the most. We want to touch and agree right now for the son of a dear sister. This young man's name is Johnny. And Johnny is the adult son of a dear sister who's listening right now. Johnny is struggling with alcoholism. Now, my dear sister reports to me in a recent conversation that he is doing somewhat better, but we're going to touch and agree right now and step out on a limb that the Lord placed it on Johnny's heart to come to church and hear the word of God preached. Touch and agree with me for Johnny's deliverance from alcoholism and the salvation of his soul. Lord God, we thank you and praise you. I thank you and praise you for Brother Jamie, Sister India, and my sister Thelma, godly parents of children, prodigals, Lord God, who have returned to you and have yet to come to you, Lord God. And I touch and agree right now with my sister on behalf of Johnny. Lord, you see where he is right now. I don't know where he is, what he's doing, who he's with. He could be outdoors. He could be in someone's home. I don't know where he is, Lord. But you know exactly where Johnny is. Look deep into his heart, deep into his mind. Lord, deliver him from the demonic stronghold of alcoholism. Convict him. Speak to him. Convince him. Persuade him. Touch him. That he doesn't need to drink anymore. Salvation, peace, cannot be found in a bottle. You are the Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus. Again, there is salvation in no other. There is no salvation in Wicca. There is no salvation in a bottle. There is no salvation in any other name. Crystals, false religions, there is salvation in no other name except you, Lord Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we ask you right now that you touch Johnny right now wherever he is. Work in his life. Change his mind. Give Johnny absolutely no peace until he surrenders his life to you, Lord God. Disturb his sleep. 
Heavenly Father. Don't let him get any rest until he realizes his need for you. Nudge at him constantly. Speak to him. It could be through his mother's witness. It could be through a gospel track, a Christian song. Lay that upon his heart, Lord God, to come to church. If it's not sole purpose, someplace else. But put it upon his heart to say, I'm going to come to church for a service. We commit him into your hands, Lord. We pray for his deliverance and salvation. Save his soul. Let his name get written in the book of life. Bring him to the foot of the cross. Victim of his sin. Open up the closed mind. Soften the hardened heart. Opened up the closed eyes so that they see the truth. Opened up the closed ears so that they hear the truth. Opened the closed heart so he receives the truth. We commit Johnny, his deliverance and salvation, into your hands, Lord. We thank you. We praise you for delivering Johnny from alcoholism and for saving him. We don't know when it's going to happen. It may happen tonight. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen next week. It may happen next month. It may happen next year. We don't know. But we commit him to your hands, and we trust you with the method as well. Lord, do what needs to be done to save his soul. We trust you. We trust you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of our time together, and I pray that this was a time, a time of edification, strengthening, and encouragement for you. I know it was for me. And so we will return back on the air next Thursday, August 10th at 7 p.m. Between then, if you have any prayer requests that you want to submit, you can submit them to the Parents of Prodigals website. If you want it to remain anonymous, we will respect your confidentiality and privacy. We won't mention any names if that's what you desire. But there is time to present your requests, and we will honor them, even before next week's podcast. If you send them in tonight or tomorrow or during the week, we will lift them up before the throne of grace during the week, and then we will present them before the Lord over next week's podcast. But there is time to submit them. Submit them tonight. Submit them tomorrow. We will pray and intercede for your unsaved son and daughter. I know there are people out there that have unsaved sons and daughters, and you're burdened for them. You want them to be saved. Let us touch and agree together to pray with them, to pray for them, to pray with you on their behalf. Send in your prayer request to parents of prodigals, and we will bring them before the Lord. So until next Thursday, August 10th at 7 p.m., if you are the parent of a prodigal in North Carolina or Oklahoma, Massachusetts or Connecticut, if you're the parent or guardian of a wayward, backslidden son or daughter, and you live in Texas or Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, 
Carolina or Indiana, Louisiana or Minnesota. If you're the parent of an unsaved son and daughter and you're agonizing over their salvation and you're praying for them, and you live in Michigan, Iowa, New Mexico, or Rhode Island, if you're the parent or guardian of an unsaved child and you live in Mexico or Canada, Australia, the United Kingdom, Bosnia-Herzegovina, the Philippines, no matter where you are, in the country, in the suburbs, or in the city, in the United States or overseas, in the next town, in the next county, in the next city, in the next state, in the next country, if you are the parent of a prodigal son or daughter, continue in prayer being watchful therein and watch the road. Your unsafe prodigal son and daughter will be on it. Until next Thursday, August 10th at 7 p.m., God bless you and good night.